Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hey, I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week you're away, team. <laughs> Somebody else do it. I, it's, it. We watched the second Star Trek movie. Yes. Wrath of Khan. Yes. Mac is just sitting in a cloud of euphoria. Yes. Not unlike the cloud that we had to stare at for approximately 47 hours in the first movie. Because this movie... <laughs> yes. Moved along at a better clip. <laughs> it was an actual yes. freaking movie. I'm just going to dive right in. It was a, it was a decent, nay, a good film. It had a, I mean, the acting was good, the soundtrack was good, the cinematography was good, and the fucking editing was good. I mean, they kind of just nailed it. It was a good film. Ricardo Montalban's picks were good. Holy crap. We get, that's, all, that's an Oscars category of its own. <laughs> Could not stop staring at his movies. I just, I don't know if it's because I'm like, got like Olympics brain going on, but I'm just like, all right. That explains, all right, here we go. That explains one of my notes. I had a note on here that just says, gotta appreciate big titties. And I totally, <laughs> totally forgot what it was about. And I was like, how can I bring this up subtly? But I remember now. Yeah, it was his it was titties. titties. Yeah, he got some titties on him. He had some nice cleavage, like a little yes. bit of underboob. Like it was, it was, it was, it was art. Yeah, you know, like he, just art. His, his titties went as hard on this as Phil Collins did on Tarzan. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but we can play back the tape. I did not bring it up. <laughs> this is also probably unabashedly your favorite movie of all time. It, it, it is. If I had to make a list of top five favorite movies of all time, this would have to be on it. I, I, it's difficult to put number one on any movie. Yeah, no, I hear you. But this is—it's definitely my favorite Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. far and above. Yeah, this is probably easily top ten for me. Yeah, of all time. Yeah, nice. <laughs> this is a good film. He's spreading the joy. And I will say, like, like for me personally, like I don't like films that waste my time, and this uh. one never wasted my time. Like I enjoyed every second of it. I was like. <laughs> It doesn't have to necessarily like be like, oh, this is a deep film. It makes you think about mm, the whatever. Yeah. Like, I have to be entertained entirely because I'm like, why did I spend ten bucks to see this then? Like, I need, I need to be entertained constantly. Yeah. I, I have ADHD. <laughs> I have to be entertained constantly, or else I explode. Yeah. And this film did that. Yeah. Every minute was good. <clears throat> I will say that whenever we watched the show. I was always having to do something. Like, I was having to eat or I was having mm-hmm. to do something on my phone or, like, I was having to do something. But, like, when we watched this, like, I watched it just fine. Like, there wasn't any any real problems. Oh, I did I did get very distracted by the boobies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was an enjoyment. But that was, like, an, uh, that was a plot point. It's not like you were distracted <laughs> by something that was, like, way... It's why George Clooney <laughs> put the nipples on the Batman suit. You know? Yeah. It's just like, this is good. <laughs> Very possibly my favorite movie of all time. If I had to, if I had to really rank the top five, it is nearly flawless in my estimation. I think the boobies just add to it because those yeah. are Bond's <laughs> real pecs. Yeah, yeah, he just was a, a fit dude. Yeah, even in the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Dude's so, banging. so, so, tell us, Mac, how after after what happened with the first movie, how did we get this wonderful? Yeah. 
Montalban Pect movie. Shout <laughs> for the first movie killed it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like <laughs> this, this shouldn't have happened, so how did it? <laughs> Star Trek the motion picture, uh, as we discussed in our last episode, had an inflated budget for a number of reasons. Some of them not directly the fault of the filmmakers, but plenty of them very much so. At $45 million, which was, as we did the math, about four to five times the equivalent of other sci-fi yeah. extravaganzas of the time. Should have been 11. But made about $100 million. So it was still profitable. Yeah. So then Paramount said, oh gosh, if we made a movie for less than that, that's even more money. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they, they have economics degrees and business degrees at Paramount, and they were like, if we spent less... That means we would make more. (laughs) And then they called an early lunch. (laughs) So they actually relegated the motion, the next motion picture to the television production. This is actually, this has all the trappings of a B movie made not with the A level production that the first one did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did scale back, yeah. They went to the producer of The Mod Squad and The Six Million Dollar Man, a man named Harv Bennett. And said, okay, make this movie. So he started piecing together all these ideas. And then they brought in the patron saint of my creative life, I'll say. Yes. We don't want to say that one term. He's not my, you right. know, that thing. Soulfire. There it is. Yeah. He's my soulfire. Nicholas Meyer. He, he directed Time After Time. He wrote The 7% Solution. He, you know, like, anytime I'm trying to do something, I am trying to ape this guy as much as possible. Without just stealing stuff directly. And so... He came in, and they, they were having trouble with the script, and uh, the studio said, okay, we made Star Trek The Motion Picture for $45 million. Can you make a better movie for less? And he says, I can make you five movies for $45 million. <laughs> <laughs> And so they went about and did it. And they had five scripts running around, some dealing with Kirk's son, some dealing with this Genesis device weapon, some bringing Khan back. And Nicholas Meyer came in and said, okay, we don't like any of these scripts, but let's make a list of everything we do like in each of these scripts. So they came up with a list of five, 10 to 15 things. Okay, okay. And he said, okay, don't even pay me. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to write this script in 12 days. Shit. And he did it. Fuck. For the most part. Like, you know, Shatner came back and was like, Max I don't me on this like movie. This. Now he's selling me on this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Myers. I'm going back. I'm going to hold it. Yeah. Was that 7%? So I got to take notes. Hold so on. I can lend you a copy of that. Yeah. If you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes teams up with Sigmund Freud. I was Freud. wondering if yeah. it was a Sherlock Holmes reference. Oh, he's yeah. a big Sherlock Holmes guy. Yeah, yeah. He's written four Sherlock Holmes books. He made the deal that he would write the script gratis. He does not get credit for the screenplay, even though the screenplay is 100% his. Wow. If he got to direct the movie, because he was just having a hard time getting another movie going. Because time after time was a good movie, just didn't do great business. He was just having a hard time getting another movie going. And so they made this movie for anyone. Do we want to play Prices Right budget game again? Yes. Sure. Okay. No, that's not true. I'm going to say. Well, well, let's not start with there. We'll start with okay. other comparable movies of the time. I've okay, got okay. a couple movies pulled up. I've got Return of the Jedi, Blade okay. Runner, and E.T. Both released within about a year of The Wrath of Khan. Okay. And similar enough. Okay, so we've got Return of the Jedi. Big Star Wars movie. What is our guess for the budget on Return of the Jedi? Mm. This now, is the second Star Wars movie that the they third. made? The third one they made. Okay. okay. And I, I will tell you now, there is a range. They don't have a specific figure that I was able to find. A range of what the budget of Return of the Jedi is. So I'll, we'll make a judgment call. We'll do the regular round. Z, what's your guess? Now, to, rem- to remind you, uh, <laughs> A New Hope Star Wars, the original Star Wars, was $11 million, I think. Okay. So Return of the Jedi, about five see, years later. I'm going to say 22 to $25 million. 22 to 25 million, okay? Ooh, that was right around what I was going to do. Um, 
I'll, I'll go higher. I'm going to say about 26 to 30. Okay. Um, you guys kind of took mine. Because what's, what's 4 million among friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go a little lower. lower. I'm going to say like 15 to 20. Laura said 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. Remind 20, me what you 22 said. 22 to 25. 22 to 25. And then Eris said... 26 to 30. 26 to 30. Waiting. Suspense. <laughs> Mac, Mac is full on. Max loading. <laughs> well, because there's a range, and I'm having to calculate who got within full the range. Or, yeah. The only one who got... You're all under. Oh, shoot. Eris got closest... With 26 to 30, the actual range was 32 to 42. Damn. Wow. 32 to 42, $10 million? Just like... <laughs> I guess. Well, Lucasfilm was also independent at that time. They didn't have stockholders to oh, uh, report to. Yeah, Lucas, they, you might have paid a little hey, out of pocket. Right. George, how much did you pay for it? Well, I paid, oh, the, I paid somewhere in this because yeah. I was also getting divorced at the time. I can't remember how much of that was spent. Yeah. 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 Some of this Lost was alimony. Some of it was uh, movie money. I don't know. Yeah. Blade Runner. What are our guesses? There's no range. They have a solid figure for that. Okay, I'm gonna say 21 million. 37 million. And I say that with a confidence I do not actually feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying 32. Our winner is Z. Finally, got <laughs> So Laura got closer but oh. went over. Ah, so I do price that is a right lot. Rules. Uh, the I, correct answer: 30 million. I should never go on prices right. I will lose. <laughs> E.T. the extraterrestrial. No. No. We I'm did s- Return of the Jedi and Blade Runner and What was the actual thing on Blade Runner? I, 30. 30. Okay. I want to say 19 million. 14? Height of Spielberg. They are throwing money at him like nobody's business. I'm going to say 35. You all went over. Oh, Seriously, I, I yeah. went over because yeah. I was thinking like well, most of it was just in that fucking house with some Reese's pieces. Like kind of right. that much. They 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 backed up Brink trucks to Spielberg to make movies. <laughs> he didn't need to. Oh, he he yeah. just had it. He, he just had, had it good. down. Uh, right. Ten million. But wow, I went over by one million. You went over by nine million. Oh, I said nineteen. I thought yeah. I said eleven. I was like, God damn it, <laughs> so close. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Budget guesses. <clears throat> well. We know the director said so I can make you fucking not or four, five movies for forty five million. Right, so we think it's gonna be low. Yeah, yeah. Z. I think I'm gonna say twenty four million. Okay, so you think about half of what mm-hmm. the motion picture yeah. costs. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eleven million because like maybe he needed that extra for craft services. You know, they oh. figured out it was real yeah. nice. You know, got mm-hmm. you, got treat your crew. I'm gonna say nine million. Eris is correct. <laughs> Close to correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, the correct answer is 12. Fuck yeah! yeah you won one million so obviously they went for a lot less. They actually ponied up a little bit more in special effects or they did it right the first time because they actually hired ILM to do mm. all of the new effects shots. Okay. They managed to rope in some of the older effects shots from the motion picture and use a little bit of it because they do have a little bit of that going to find a parking space sequence in this movie, but it's like five seconds yeah yeah it's it's short (laughs) yeah and the same shot that we laughed at in the motion picture where the enterprise is leaving there's the one guy in the space suit going like yay space What if he was like, I missed a spot. Wait, come back! Yeah. I'm not done yet! He said, give me an E! <laughs> give me an E! 
I mean, all the sets were already built. That's a yeah. big thing right off yeah. the top. There's not a, there's not any location shooting. There's not a lot of new building in there. I mean, the bridge of the Reliant is the bridge of the Enterprise just rearranged slightly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That shit is modular. Um, yeah. You just pick up those chairs and move them around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think the only thing that, like, I, mean, I think it was even a, it seemed like a set. The uh, the planet they landed on, the desert planet, where they find. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, because I was just like, yeah, no, this is a set. But it was great because it was, it was just like blowing winds and sand, so you don't see any backgrounds. You don't mm. have to have That's a why you have into effects. the distance shot. Yeah, it's just <laughs> right it, here. And hide your poorly painted background. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sandstorms are good. They hired a temp art who really wanted a credit. <laughs> yeah. That's sad card. So it feels like the bulk of this just went to salaries then. Yeah, yeah. above the line stuff. Um, that's going to be most of it. And ILM, mm. I would say. ILM, yeah. they paid a pretty penny for it, but that's where you would want to go spend the money yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Because I think the space battles in this are pretty great. I think yeah. they hold up even now. You don't have to update them. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. No, and I, I mean, I like, okay, this is just going to be Arison gushing yeah. hour, I guess. Um, <laughs> the thing that I think I really like about this movie is that it's, it very quickly kind of sets up your expectations in terms of like when they introduce the characters, like, they needed to show that we're not just recreating Star Trek again from the beginning. So they're like, no, they've aged. Like we all, mm-hmm. we're gonna address the fact that actors have aged. So not only, but they've aged in a way that they're not still doing their same old jobs. It's like, okay, quickly. Like they've been like Spock is like a training person. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's like I'm like I'm I'm a teacher mm-hmm. now, which is like the perfect Spock thing. Chekhov is just like shit. I've I've just gotten promotions and i'm like a number two now on some other dude's ship you know doing stuff like every and they do that like just super fast Mm -hmm. you were upset by his hair in this one too weren't you no i was upset by scotty's hair in the last one and no the scotty had like that weird yeah Uh, yeah i i didn't season three though there was one scene where Chekhov showed up and you're like oh no (laughs) i don't remember Chekhov. I did. I do. I do have not my boy Chekhov. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but also, they could have been because of the the worm thing. Yeah, it says Kirk's uh, Kirk's fucking shit up, and he's not even present. That's the, <laughs> the follow up. The follow up yeah, line. Yeah. But I, I, there's just there's a lot, and then also like on top of it, like they have like I really like themes and symbolism, and I love that when they introduce Kirk, it's literally introduction with him going, "Oh my god, I'm old, and I don't like growing old," and I'm like, "Man, that's a thing." <laughs> Yeah. That's a fucking thing. It's relatable. Like, really yeah. like you know, because now he's like, however age, you know, but he's middle aged, and he's wor- he's looking at flying a desk for the rest of his career, and he's just like, I used to be out there shooting things, fucking things. Sometimes shooting the things I fuck. I used to be old, and now I'm now I'm a paper pusher, and they're like, oh, buck up, son. You know, that is going to be a theme for the rest of the original series no, but movies. It's, like, it's still a good thing because it's like relatable because like that's sometimes a problem with sci-fi is that they get too far inside of their heads when they try to create it that they forget that they're selling it to people who live here on fucking planet earth mm-hmm. and you know and now they're like here planet earth people have i got the movie for you this is all the shit you're like sorry it's it might be kind of a bummer but it turns out in the future you're still worried about the same old shit getting old and flying desks like, and it's it's perfectly aimed at the people who probably watched star trek yeah. in the 60s mm. and they're also feeling old yes. like so it's it's appealing to specifically star trek fans as well mm-hmm. i mean yes they picked up a lot of new fans along the way but those yeah. that old guard the ones who watched it when it aired yeah yeah yes. It was just really good. And the fact that, like, they had 
Kirk co- be like a collector of historical Earth artifacts <laughs> was such a fucking. I was like, yes, <laughs> this per- they couldn't have picked a better fucking hobby. For His that. guns were upside down. I know. <laughs> He had ancient pistols, ancient weaponry in his apartment, but he also had a Commodore pet in the background. The PET, the old 80s computer. (laughs) Partially because, yes, that would be an antique too. Partially because who was the commercial spokesman for Commodore computers in the early 80s? William Shatner. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh my God, I totally forgot. Like, it was just, I don't know. I feel like on this movie... Instead of like, I'm sorry about they put the worst pun. Instead of keeping their heads in the clouds, <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. They actually paid attention to the little details this time, mm-hmm. and it better writing. Like yeah. that was a huge part of this for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, the Nick, story was just right. better. Nicholas yeah. Meyer's easily a better writer, but he also didn't get up his own ass. Yeah, like what this film is at its core is just an adventure story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In yeah, space, it's it just happens the, to be in space. Yeah. <laughs> you can have like, and I think I I don't know if he said this, but somebody said this, and it made me think of him. Good screenwriting is simple stories with complex characters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. That, that this yeah. is a master's class in that. Yeah. The cowboy slash knight. Right. Is worried that he's aging out, and then sure enough, some old past sin comes. To say hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. Apparently and- I did not finish everything when I was a kid. <laughs> Until Khan kills somebody in this movie, he absolutely has a point. Yeah. 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 I, I do that yes. a lot with the villains in, in yeah. movies. I'm always like, he's got a point. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Like, no, that's a good villain, though. Right. right, because yeah. no one just decides to go like, I'm going to be evil today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Unless you're Joaquin Phoenix and you're Joker, but that's another discussion that's, for another see, podcast. See, here's, here's the thing. There was a reason he did that in The Joker, and that's because they paid him money, too. That's true. The real, the real problem is capitalism. <laughs> that's true, too. But there's a moment I'll when he's just, away my I'm going to be box. evil. Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about the ref. Right. Yeah. You right, were right. saying something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. He had a, he had a, like, point. He had a yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. right there with him, and he's like, like he's sitting there. He's like, people. "You threw us on this planet. You didn't check on us. You didn't make yeah. sure that we were, you know, doing good or no. we survived or anything." And Chekhov and Terrell from uh, the Reliant aren't putting this together a lot faster. They should have records. Oh, this is the star system where we abandoned that genetic Superman and all of his followers. <laughs> that planet's missing. That's strange. Oh well, I guess he's dead. Yeah, I will. I will say I got the hint that part of that was Kirk's failing, yeah. and that I don't think he fought. I don't think he did the paperwork. Yeah, that dude true. doesn't I don't, keep yeah. records. I mean, I think Kirk was just sort of like, well, I told him they were on their own, so why should I follow? I yeah. So like the Federation may have, may not have. I got the feeling that Kirk never filed that paperwork. The Federation was like, I don't know what the makes fuck you're talking the about. Only, the, re- the only reason Chekhov even knew is because he, he was, was a crew member. There. Even yeah. though he technically wasn't on the show when that episode aired. He was not. That's a bit, the only continuity error Trekkies find is that Khan's all like, I know your face, Mr. Chekhov, yes? And everybody's like, Chekhov wasn't on the show then. And he wasn't. Well. But then everybody, Nicholas Meyer said, well, he was below decks. He hadn't come up to the bridge yet. And yeah. everybody's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he served Con Coffee a couple of times yes. before he got promoted to be up on the bridge and then Chekhov was like, Why are you 
for real. You're that asshat. I, I swear <laughs> to you. Like, I mean, you're real suave. I'll, I'll hand it to you. Real suave. Three creams and two sugars, right? <laughs> <laughs> Three creams, two sugars, and some stem cells. Genetically <laughs> engineered, my dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I saw you smack that lady, and I take that personally. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov's a good boy. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> it's funny, though, because, like, his, his instinct was to defend Kirk. Like, yeah. in all of his, it, without even being like, ah, oh, dude, you're right. <laughs> and, and, and that moment when Terrell says, I've never even met Admiral Kirk, and Khan has, like, an implosive <laughs> conniption fit. Like, they promoted him? <laughs> See, the blood vessel burst inside yeah. of his Like, brain. even the word <laughs> Admiral, <laughs> the word Admiral, I think, even in just normal life, if that word ever comes up, I hear it in Montalban's yeah. voice. Admiral. Admiral Kirk. You're and like, I'm like, Admiral. yes, that's how you should say that word. <laughs> did you guys change the Navy structure? You did? Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, that's like a... <laughs> we could keep going. We do have to hit a commercial break. Okay. Mm. Uh, commercial break. Skippy Con. In years past, my dad ran an exercise program on City Alpha 5, but now I'm bringing it to you. Today is going to be Peck Day. Tomorrow will also be Peck Day. Wednesday will be Arm Day. Friday, Peck Day. Sunday, Peck Day. Peck Day. Con's Peck Day. On what's left of City Alpha 5. Mm-hmm. After 29.95 for a six-week program. If you enjoyed the word usements that we make, you would also enjoy As the Myth Turns with your cultural interns. Eris. And Z. Interns, because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. They will be ramping up to their grand finale here later this year, and then uh, we'll be doing some other shows here at Party Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fourth wall is currently available in its entirety. I'll tell you right now, the second to last episode is basically the first act of the movie we're talking about today. Okay. Yeah. There's also books, blogs, movie reviews, and... Eris, you have a Twitch. I do. You can find me at Eris O'Reilly. I'm over at twitch.tv, and I do art streams. Right now, the schedule's a little bit wonky, but um, go ahead and check out my landing page, because I'll actually have where I'm streaming then. So I have some morning shows. I have some evening shows after, basically whenever I have off of work. And uh, you can catch me, basically, mostly it's drawing... Um, Queen's Rogues, which is a comic that will be out, I don't know, like six to nine months, I think. I think of it like a gestation, like a baby. Uh, but you can see it early on my Twitch channel. Z. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Such finality. <laughs> Such grim, I am the computer. Grim determination. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, okay, what am I going to say when he addresses me? I was like, I'm ready. I can do this. I can do this. You said Z. I said, yes. <laughs> kids do these TikToks. Yes. Yes. I'm one of the youths that I'm, do them. I am a youthish person. If you're a youthish person, the rest of us are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do I do some videos on TikTok at underscore it's just Z underscore thinking I'm gonna start a series of Greek gods would be like if they were in modern day situations. Just do a little skits. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure Dionysus lives either at the Taco Bell or the Denny's. Or if there's a combo Denny's Taco Denny's, Bell yeah. Denny's in this United of States. Yes. <laughs> That's where Di- that's the temple of Dionysus right yes. there. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. smelling what you're stepping in. Yeah, picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Moment of my life. Hi. 
<laughs> Do you have any? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have a very teeny tiny uh, Twitter account um, that I mostly just like things on these days. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at bring to a boil. B-O-Y-L-E. And I also work for a literacy nonprofit called Reading Partners. And we are hiring for AmeriCorps members. So if you're interested, head on over to readingpartners.org. We have several positions still available. Messages of social enlightenment. Black lives matter. Water is life. Trans lives matter. Trans people exist. Oh, they you just... take two and then let me take oh, my I'm turn. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I, I didn't get as many last time. I, that's true. It's not. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's not. It's, it's just not. getting. It's not. It's getting time to vamp. <laughs> Always be open to change. Yeah. Wear your seatbelt. Stop Asian hate. Empathy. It's a good thing. Use it. Watch Black Lady Sketch Show. Yes. <laughs> Support black-owned businesses, and that will be yeah. Hell yeah. our final message of social enlightenment. There's a lot more to talk about yeah. in this movie. Um, I think the only flaw in the movie is that the Genesis cave doesn't work. Mm. It's a bunch of squirrely-looking map paintings. Oh, yeah. oh, you mean the the effect of it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was really pretty. When they're looking out mm-hmm. at it, that looks good. But when they cut back to it and it's them walking around in the cave, like there's mm, like yeah. weird swirly waterfalls and stuff, that yeah. shot, I'm like, oh, even something that's almost perfect doesn't have to be perfect. And then <laughs> I am free in my soul to be imperfect. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, it's a religious experience. Like, I, I, I have seen it probably a hundred times. That might be a conservative estimate. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. cool. I have seen it on the big screen twice. Twice, maybe three times. Once in a very exuberant crowd. It was one of the last times I was in a movie theater crowd uh, before COVID hit. And Shatner was there for a QA and a afterwards. Oh, neat. Uh, but my favorite screening of all time was two weeks ago <laughs> with the four of us. Because these two, Z and Aris, had never seen it. Yeah. Did not have the awareness to know what was coming. Yeah, and that last act I had hit of, hoard. Yeah, I had heard of the title before, right? And so I had like, all right, kind of met him, you know, from the from from the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I can kind of surmise from the title, but yeah, <sighs> I'm still pissed. <laughs> I'm still pissed, and I'm just sort of like, you know, and I have the benefit of like the fact that I hadn't seen it. Until now, like, like so much time has passed that I know that, like, okay, Spock has to come back. Spock has to come back. He has to come back. He has to come back. Because I, I know he's in billings for other movies, so I know he has to come back. But, like, imagine you seeing this when it came out and you going, motherfuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I would not be okay. Well, and they did a fake out, this too. Gonna, but... This is going to drive me to drink again. <laughs> <laughs> they did a fake out, too, because uh, Roddenberry leaked the script to the movie to fan conventions. Oh, and shit. said, oh, yeah, they're going to kill off Spock. Aren't we all angry about this? And so the fans wrote into the studio, if you kill Sp-, Like, literally, Nicholas Meyer was getting death threat. Spock oh, dies, Jesus you die. Dang. And so they said, okay. Now, here- that doesn't surprise me, but right. God. Here's what we do. 
we fake kill him in the first three minutes with the simulator sequence. Because there is even that yeah, scene where yeah, Kurt sure. says to Spock, aren't you supposed to be dead? Yeah. And so then the audience is like, oh, it was a... F-. Like, even on a subconscious right. level, they've moved on from the death thing, and then they get they to the end of the movie. Oh, advertising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they get to the end of the movie, and it's it's real. It's real. I, cause I, and the thing yeah. is, is that, like, they give us everything you like that we need to think he's gonna come back because it's like we had just talked about the genesis thing we had just mm-hmm. talked about bringing the dead to life we like had all and it was on the ship it was like r- readily accessible and then you're going through and like some other like people died or whatever and it could have been like maybe they finally buried the captain when they even do the whole funeral scene and you're like they're doing another fake out <laughs> they're doing another f-. And they're like no it's not <laughs> nobody thought to plug him into the thing that turned dead people back to life And I can see people, especially at the time, being, like, upset. Like, you can't kill Spock. You can't kill Spock. But, like, that emotional moment just hits. And it's a punch to the gut. And I'm not sure the movie works without it. Like... You, I, for me, if you lift that out, it's not as good of a movie. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thematically, yeah. the whole thing falls apart. Because, I mean, it, it, the whole thing from the word go is about how you deal with death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In, in that sequence, it's the and, no-win and, scenario. And, and it was Kirk finally growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he had never actually dealt with death before. Right. Not in a truly meaningful way. Right. And then this is, this was literally like, despite the, in his old age, where mm-hmm. he's worried about the fact that he lost his youth, he reclaimed one of the greatest most terrible rites of passage a young person goes through and that is finally confronting death head on and no i get it i get it i just hate it <laughs> i get, i know i totally get it like like from like from from what from a fan from from a person who enjoys visual media and like from a writer standpoint all of it i get i get i get it i just hate it <laughs> And it's so on character for Spock, too. Like, I noticed yeah. that in the show, too. He's so he will heroic. be the first to just run into danger, no thought of himself, just yeah. I can make this better or yeah. I can save this He's person. He's stupidly brave. The yes. needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Right. Or the one. Or the one. Yeah. R.I.P. Okay. I mean, Nimoy had had about enough of Star Trek at this point. Like, and there's also that aspect yeah. too, because because sometimes I watch something and somebody some character gets killed off, and I'm like, Nimoy. I think that actor's gone. Yeah, that actor's gone. That actor has moved on to other things. That actor's gonna start a multi-level marketing scam <laughs> to sell who the fuck knows <laughs> baby name books. <laughs> he and Roddenberry had had so many fights over the years over various things and mm-hmm. the first movie was not the creatively fulfilling experience that they might have hoped for at the beginning. I'm surprised and, more people don't. And they only pulled him back with the thought we're going to kill you off. And then he was having they were everybody was having such a good time in this movie. Spock was like, mm, or I say uh, Spock. Nimoy was like, mm, yeah, I might have made a mistake. Yeah. But <laughs> he's acting it. Like yeah. you you can't tell in Nimoy's performance that he's well, doesn't want to be there right. or yeah, like yeah. he's he's because yeah. he's a good actor. He's, he's good. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Also his voice is like crazy deep in these two movies. There was there yeah. Like yeah. Like, I think there, the there smoking was, being, was catching up to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that that caught me off guard. I know that didn't have anything to do with anything, but <laughs> no, for sure. My ADHD brain was like, "Hey, we're talking about Spock. Remember, he had a weird voice." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I remember." <laughs> it makes me wonder if Nimoy had like a, a similar thing that I hear that like I think it's um, I want to say it's Samuel Jackson. Now he's just like, "Look, man, like I'm you know mid sixties. I don't want to run." I don't want to <laughs> over shit. You know, like if you cast me apart, like I will talk. 
I will ride in a car. I'll pretend to drive a car. Like, I will shoot somebody as long as I get to sand. But, like, I'm getting old. Like, I, there are certain stunt things I just don't want to do anymore. Listen, I'm at that age. <laughs> and so it makes me wonder, you know, maybe the smoke you, the You've been laid like, low by jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, and I'm just like, maybe Nimoy also was just like, look, I'm getting old. I don't have to run anymore. I don't chase after his dumb ass. You know? Like, I'll walk sedately after his dumb ass, but I won't run after his dumb ass. I mean, I, I would put riders into my contracts. So. Here's the things I will do, and here's the things I won't do. All right, here we go. It, it was, it's, there's nothing like seeing your favorite movie with somebody who doesn't know what it's going to be as they're watching. Yeah. Because I, I could probably perform the movie for you, and I will here in a moment. Um, Where's the buzzer? Yeah. But, oh, your buzzer. I'm just like, can we get some costumes? I, I, I'm into it. Oh, like the new costumes in this movie? I think I would wear that just normally. Like, yeah, the costumes were good. Yeah, yeah. And I've... We've, I'm not about ready to head over to Joanne's. I'm right. just like, I'm I, I, I want somebody with bagpipes and a Wrath of Khan style uniform playing <laughs> Amazing Grace at my funeral. It's not a religious thing. It's a Nicholas Meyer thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like this film. Like I said, it's like top ten. Easily for me. It's it's entirely possible that I don't care for Star Trek, but I love this movie so much that I'm willing to give everybody else a pass <laughs> because it's just a little bit like this. Yeah. I, I love, you have Khan, who is a, supposed to be, like, one of the best engineered human specimens of all time. He's supposed to be intelligent and, you know, physically strong and all of this. And yet he forgot to think in three dimensions. He was so consumed in his rage oh, that yeah. the Enterprise was just like, uh, guys, we have a Z-axis right. here, so let's just go down below him, and he won't know we're there. <laughs> it's it's the rage, yes, but also, like Spock says very specifically, it's inexperience. He's intelligent, but inexperienced. He right. doesn't know how, how to run a ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's thinking That's the point where Kirk actually yeah. could, you know, bring yeah. his knowledge to bear. Why Instead of just arguing starship. with a computer until it explodes, <laughs> this is something he actually can do. Yeah. <laughs> Although, but like to be fair, I do like it when he argues with computers and does that. Very good. Kirstie Alley's very good in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's interesting. Somebody could be in more than half of Cheers and be in Wrath of Khan and still be kind of a piece of shit of a human being. I don't know how that's possible for me. <laughs> yeah. But it's there. Scientology and magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was thinking the, 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 yeah. there's like a lot of stuff in this movie. And I'm thinking even about Khan. Like, the one of the major downfalls of a lot of intelligent people is that they think intelligent is a static adjective. Mm. That once it's applied to them, it will never be taken away from them. So they kind of stop forcing themselves to learn new things. And, like, your things you may do or say may be intelligent, but, like, because you see it with, like, certain scientists who then say, well, because I'm smart and really good at this one subject, therefore I must know everything about every subject. And then they open their mouth and the assery comes out. And you're like, hey, it turns out that you didn't actually do your homework on this, so maybe you don't know what you're talking about. Well, there, there's that and uh, the, the propensity of people like that to be attached to their first draft for lack of a better yeah, term. He's yeah. not somebody who can revise his thinking right. to adapt to a situation. I'm smart, I nailed it in one. Yeah. And you're like, maybe you didn't. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Joaquin keeps trying to tell him, like, you have Genesis. We don't have to get right. hurt. You've done enough. <laughs> yeah, but there's an ego about yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I fully believe that, like, let's say um, Chekhov and his captain didn't land on the planet and they never encountered Starfleet ever again. It's just Khan and his people living out their days. He's probably going to be, like, 90 years old on that planet, sitting in a rocking chair in a corner, just gr- griping about Kirk the entire yeah. time. Yeah. He was that single-minded yes. on the subject. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just so happened he had access to a starship and could go out and, you know, mm. it was a total accident. <laughs> I just, oh, I didn't realize that, honestly, Khan and Spock are a little bit like foils. Like, Spock, one of his major failings sometimes is the fact that he works too hard to, like, control his emotions. To where, like, it makes him hard to connect with other people. And puts a blind spot. And puts a blind spot, yeah. And then, but Khan is just sort of, like, he's very smart, but, like, he's just all unchecked, roiling (laughs) emotion 24-7 that it, it, once again, adds another type of blind spot. It tunnel visions him. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, shit. And it was his undoing. Like, shit. Yeah. I'm just gonna sit with that for a second. (laughs) And... Khan was not willing to sacrifice and brought down all of his people. Spock was willing to sacrifice. Yeah. It saved and his. saved everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great film. <laughs> I I could go on for a while. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. But I have one, I have one you, major you, question, question. Okay. Yeah, okay. I have one major. Uh, when, which one's the whales? That's four. Aha! Yeah, and that's coming up quick. And That's all I know about that one. Yeah. And there are some big whale boys. We can talk about this a little more aggressively uh, off mic, but it's... The only animal to get bigger uh, post-deoxygenization. All other animals got smaller. From, like, the megafauna, they went smaller. Whales got bigger. Only one. Star Trek IV. It's it's 35th anniversary is this year, and there are special screenings at movie theaters coming up next month. Yes. We might want to do that. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. We'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. Pterodactyl screech! I'm trying not to do it in the microphone. We'll we'll plan that out, because I've never seen four on the big screen. I've I've seen one and two, and then from seven on, but I've not seen three, four, five, and six. On a big screen. Anyway, we are approaching the end of our time. Does anybody else want to talk about anything else? Wrath of Khan, because it's great. It's just it's it a, really good. It's yeah. I I'll, I'll say one tiny little thing. I appreciate. I'm finally watching these movies. Mm-hmm. Like this, like like you said, this is the first time I've seen this film. It's also a movie that is so referenced in every single bit of sci-fi going yeah. forward. Absolutely. That like now like it's like putting a face to the name, you know? Yeah. Like you speak to someone on the phone for a while, like for work, mm-hmm. and then you get to finally meet them in person. You're like, ah, oh, that's what they meant. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a it's like a neat feeling for me because I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's why they that's why they mentioned that. Yeah. This was my favorite piece of Star Trek. Good. Um, anything that we've watched. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, like, you, you, it's supposed to be an opinion, but there is a test. It's, it's objectively right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was so worried you weren't going to like it, because as we were watching the show, you were like, oh, all the ship-based ones I'm kind of bored with. I'm like, they're not going to like Wrath of Khan. Because <laughs> there's a lot. Not, it's like, it's yeah. very ship-based. Do I yeah. take yeah. them out of the house? Do yeah. I-, <laughs> I, I did warn us before we got in, like, if you don't like it, we're going to have a fight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, was, it was probably, yeah, like I said, my favorite um, Star Trek piece of work. 
We also have a chance to get to know more of the ship, I feel like, in the movies. And the ship as a character, we're exploring a little yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So, and you're going to see, well, ironically, it's not going to be the Enterprise, but in the fourth movie, the ship itself is going to be a whole thing, so. Hmm. Is this like a Firefly Serenity situation? Not or? quite. Oh, okay. Yeah, not quite to that level. But, you know, it's just they've got this bucket of bolts that they ah. have that's got to get them places oh. it's, a, it's a much different situation but like oh, yeah whales. it's just kind of fun like i whales are coming man whales. Go and nicholas meyer co-wrote that movie okay there so you know. where the even odd thing comes in in the star trek movies it's is really this? more than nick is nicholas meyer involved gotcha. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he wrote and directed two wrote four wrote and direct six okay okay and those are the yeah, best see, three the thing is i'm just picturing the star trek crew into some type of like submarine all of the titanic kind of situation james cameron style mm. and they're just like these whales have some type of significance to the enterprise and we need them so we need to convince them to come <laughs> back on the ship with us but like i got a little submarine this is gonna be <laughs> so good yeah <laughs> So this is what my head is telling me the movie is about, despite the fact that I have no prior knowledge at Ooh, all. It's going to be so good. <laughs> See, I, the only thing I know about this is what Eris is currently saying. <laughs> so, like, Eris has a mildly bastardized version of the story in her head, and I have an even more bastardized version <laughs> forming it's, as she speaks. It's the elementary school age phone tag yeah. game, where it just gets more and more terrible. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you actually think of the real movie then. (laughs) The original series was a bit of a chore for us. There's no denying that. I mean, I think we've had some fun on the show. Mm -hmm. But literally just watching Wrath of Khan with you guys has made this podcast worth it. (laughs) Right. And that we're going to do more of that as we get into good stuff. Yeah. I know, that's why I was like, oh, next gen is coming up too, and I'm just so excited. That's the one that I know the most, and really not even all that well. And um, yeah. The next generation is going to have some rough patches Rocky start, early but... on. Its worst episode is its third episode, so we're going to get that out right out of the gate. And then it's <laughs> all uphill from there. That's good. That's good. Um, and you know, and I hear like their new stuff is pretty good too, which is a while off for us. But yeah, at the same time, I'm like, okay, cool. There's like an uphill thing Absolutely. to it. Yeah. I, I like watching it when when. When, when somebody like Nicholas Meyer was maybe one of the first to do this, really dials in to what Star Trek is and should be. and It's it's that, what Star Trek is and should be, what Star Trek could be, mm-hmm. and no, Mr. Roddenberry, we're not going to do that. Yes, yes. Here's an important thing about this movie. <laughs> At, Roddenberry got the blame for the motion picture. Rightly, wrongly, there's a bunch of factors involved there, but some of it is his fault. So they said, okay, Mr. Roddenberry, we're going to pay you a salary for this movie. You get the title of executive consultant. You will see every script we produce. You will be able to send us memos on that. Full stop. That's it. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> so no actually just like, you can send us memos and you can see everything. But, but we, we didn't say we'd read, read them. <laughs> the, the studio, when they hire all the filmmakers for these subsequent mil- films, are like, well, Roddenberry's on the lot and he's going to write you memos. Ignore those memos. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. it turned out better for it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I, I think I disagree with the kind of lionizing of Gene Roddenberry that I, sort of happened. I definitely. He, he in the yeah. Star Trek. Yes, he started the thing. Yeah. But it, Star Trek got better the less he was involved. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the the online argument now about a lot of the more recent Trek is that it would bastardize Gene Roddenberry's vision, and mm. I'm like, Gene Roddenberry's vision wasn't good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Star Trek you really like had very little to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. guys. <sighs> He, he started, I'm assuming he maybe named the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Up through the next generation. Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, mm-hmm. next turns time. out we didn't need him. No. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. It is. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's been compared to a religion, sort of, in a Scientology sort of way. It's it's. <laughs> and George Lucas and Heinlein can do it. Right? <laughs> you know? And and R- Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But, but it has a lot. It has very traditionalist and it has sort of more progressive people mm-hmm. attached to it. It has a philosophy it in does, a way to it? it has a lot of the trappings of it. And it's it's the the Shiite Star Trek fans that are <laughs> getting on my nerves like Gene Roddenberry wouldn't have liked it. If it wasn't dipped in Coke and had fourteen boobs, <laughs> Roddenberry wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. I've never met the man, and yet looking at his work, I have a pretty clear image. The mytholo- the mythologizing of Gene Roddenberry is the worst thing to happen to Star Trek. Period. Mm, yeah. End of story. On that note, <laughs> next time your away team will move on to 1984's Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, Leonard oh. Nimoy's theatrical di- directorial debut. Yay! Nice. Uh, how how they brought him back was you want to direct? Now that's great because he turned out to be a pretty good okay. i mean he's not spielberg level but he's a very good competent and he understands what works about star trek does he direct four he directs four as yeah. well oh neat okay downside to that is that he and shatner have a favored nations clause in their contract so shatner got to direct five and well we'll it's get not... there okay. all right. All right, all right, all right. but i think after like two I and mean, three is fine it's not amazing but it's fine I- I think three is good. It just yeah. has the disadvantage of not being two or four. Right, right. Okay. And okay. then four is I a high that. note. We're going to have to slog through five. And six is my favorite of the original. It's entirely uh, possible movies. that you've never actually seen five all the way through. I, it's entirely possible. Yes, yes I agree. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But six so is a high, down. high point. So, yeah. yeah. So just saying right now, before this episode's over, when we get to five, we all have to have an in bet. Of like, how long will Laura last? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we'll catch you next time for that. Bye. Bye. Bye.